2: This is Writing Excuses, episode 33, Side Characters. 15 minutes long, because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan.
3: And I'm Howard.
2: All right. Let's get into it. Um, Side characters. What do I mean by side characters? Well, by side characters, I'm talking about people who don't get a viewpoint, mostly. Um, People who don't get a viewpoint but aren't the main villain. Essentially, anyone who would get the Best Supporting Actor Oscar if your book were made into a movie. So, Dan. Memorable side characters. How do you make your side characters memorable without giving them a viewpoint? Uh, You you don't tell them that they're side characters. You let them think that they
1: are main characters. And then they are allowed to be more interesting. Um, Okay. As for how to do it without giving them a viewpoint? Yeah. I don't know. I tend to write in first person, so I only have one viewpoint anyway. Okay. So you don't give them a viewpoint. So how do you
2: make them? How do you make your side characters memorable? Boy. I All right, Howard. Send this to Howard. How do you make your side <laughs> characters memorable? You've got quite
3: a quite a cast of characters. I, wow. Yeah. The defining side character in Schlock Mercenary is difficult because um, I don't have viewpoint characters uh-huh. per se. You yeah. know, the the viewpoint is cinematic. Um, so I would define a side character as somebody who only appears on the screen when somebody else is with them. Okay. You will never see that person. You'll never see that person solo. Okay. Uh, I make these people memorable by giving them their own voice, by giving them motivations that are sensible, and by drawing them so that they look funny. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't really get away with that one myself, but I do like the
2: the dialogue. But thing. you can yeah. you can add descriptors no. to them that make them unique. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Descriptors I think are are very useful in this area. Now it's kind of almost almost a cheap trick. Don't overdo it, yeah. obviously, but, mm-hmm. but you, um, in writing circles, you'll often hear, you, know, you want every person to have at least one memorable aspect about them, um, and then you repeat this aspect about them when they come back on screen, and hopefully if you've done this right, it connects, it connects them in the reader's mind. Oh yes, this is the, the person who has a um, birthmark on their forehead. This is the guy who always wears flannel. Yeah, okay. <laughs> This is oh, the- that guy. Love him. <laughs> um, and y- this is the peg-leg guy, I guess, if you're writing about <laughs> pirates. I don't know. <laughs> hey, peg-leg, hey, that's memorable. Don't restrict that only to pirates. Okay. Let's, let's not be <laughs> you're
1: gonna have to insensitive. Put a- I want you to
2: put a peg-leg guy in your next book. A peg-leg guy in a book about a serial killer? Yes.
3: uh-huh. Can okay. we have ninjas with peg-legs?
2: Oh, yeah, of course, but not in the serial killer book, because that would just be silly. <laughs> no, I think that the, the- this doesn't also... I think a visual descriptor is very useful, extremely mm-hmm. useful. But there's also I like a, I personally like a um, a non-visual descriptor too. Um, for me, in my head, I guess I'm the I'm the one who's just defining side characters as non-viewpoint characters. It could also just be defined as how much screen time you give them. Um, I, I look at Mistborn, and in my head there were there were some main characters. There's there's Kelsier, there's the Lord Ruler, there's Vin, there's Ellen, people who are getting viewpoints, and then there's the crew who are important characters. But, but who, you're not giving them viewpoints. I'm not giving
3: them viewpoints. Mm-hmm. They're there to add color. If you look at a Tom Clancy novel, I yeah. love the way Tom Clancy handled viewpoint because when you switched to a viewpoint character, whether it was early in the book or late in the book, you didn't always know whether right. you were going to see that viewpoint again. Sometimes yeah. that character died. Yeah. yeah. And that... That made those characters to me very, very interesting, yeah, because well, very interesting, and at the same time, you don't want to get too attached until you 've seen their viewpoint at right. the right time, <laughs> yeah, it can make you kind of wary
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: reading his books. make you worry about it. Um, I had a really good point to make, and then I just lost it thinking about uh, side oh, characters in Tom, awesome Tom Clancy books okay. yeah no, it was. I was going to say that uh you know, as with everything in writing, this comes back to conflict, and mm. you said that. You know, like in Mistborn, for example, that the side characters were there to add color. Mm -hmm. They're also there... So that the main characters have people to work yeah. with. They're, yeah, you always want to have people to talk to, you know, or yeah, you,
2: you want it to feel the world to feel fleshed out, mm-hmm. and to do that, you want to be showing people
3: from different walks of life or who are different professions or just thinking differently from the main characters. When we talked, Bob Defendi asked us at Conduit. He said, okay. "How do you make your villains as interesting as your main yeah. characters?" And the answer was, "Well, coming up with an interesting villain is usually pretty easy, but one of the other things that we said is that." The villain is the hero of his own story. Right. Mm-hmm. He imagines himself to be the hero of his own story. Mm-hmm. If you treat your side characters the same way, where you give them motivations and they all feel in their own way like the center of the the movie that they're starring in, then yeah, the part I, that they get on screen in your film yeah. is going to be a little more interesting. Well, and this is a very hard
1: balance because in the last 30 seconds we've just said, make your side characters interesting foils to the main character, and we've also said, make them interesting on their own. Yeah. And that's
2: a very delicate line to walk. It is. I mean, I think, in general, they're more important to me in how they interact with other people than... I mean, I'm not always building a huge
3: background Oh yeah. For every every side what character. I'm saying is that uh, if you... If you just, all you have to do is believe that that background is there as you are writing their dialogue, Mm -hmm. and it will inform that process. They won't just be a foil. Mm -hmm. They are not just there to deliver the straight line and then get a pie in the face. Right, yeah. Well, this leads us to another
2: question. Um, Can you make your side characters too memorable? Can you make them, can they steal the show? Yes, they
3: they totally can. They they totally can, and if a side character, when we talked with... uh, we talked with the editors, boy, all the experiences I had at Worldcon yeah. are just bubbling out. Um, if you have a side character who shows up and turns out to be so interesting that, you know, everybody who proofreads your book loves it, yeah. give that character a viewpoint and or cut that character cut out, out altogether. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because something's, something's broken. If you have that character showing up too late in the work... Yeah, you definitely uh, got to cut him. You got to um, cut him.
2: Go read um, my deleted scenes from Elantris on my website. Uh, We'll put those in the liner notes, hopefully. But if you've read Elantris, I introduced a new villain um, beginning of Act 3 in the book, and he was fascinating. And my agent read and said, this guy's got to go. And I'm like, he's great. He's like, yeah, he's a great character. He's got to go. This isn't the place for, for this
3: character to show up. He's distracting too much. This week's Writing Excuses is brought to you by the latest Schlock Mercenary Collection, Schlock Mercenary, The Terraport Wars, by me, Howard Taylor. Available for pre-order now at store.schlockmercenary.com. This edition of Schlock Mercenary Comics is prefaced with an introduction by my favorite new introduction writer, Brandon Sanderson. Yay! And it's twenty five dollars. Again, the URL is store.schlockmercenary.com. I had a similar problem, and in fact, I was uh, recalling you describing that experience to us when I was scripting some Schlock Mercenary stuff, and I needed to, I needed some characters on screen to act as foils so that the story could move forward. I right. needed some exposition, but there were, I, there was either too many of them, or the ones that I'd brought in were too interesting, and I realized I needed to. I needed to pare back. I needed to find other ways to handle the exposition. Um, so I did, I, and, and I fell back on uh, in late, out early. And yeah. I just, you know what? I'm going to move straight to the straight to the you, story. You and cut them, and itself. I remember
2: you telling me this. You cut them because you were worried that readers would start looking at these characters, thinking they were important because of how much time they were getting,
3: yep. and then spend the next strips wondering when we were going to get back to yeah. those other when characters. When are we going to get back? It, it was uh, uh, Brad is moving cargo. And I was going to have him talking with uh, his platoon yeah. and his platoon members. I've already decided, you know, what some of these guys are like. And they're, they're fun guys. And they're gorillas, among other things. And, you know, that's just, that's yeah. very memorable. And I, it's too late in the story right now to introduce them. Yeah.
2: And you don't want these characters, you don't want your readers starting to think, what happened to those people? They're going to be important and wasting a lot of time thinking about them. Sometimes it's good to have a red herring like that, but mm-hmm. you just kind of walk that line. Um, It it can also be something that can
1: pull you away as an author, away from the more important uh, aspects of your story. Um, In my first book, uh, I have, you know, there's the main character, John, and several people around him. One of them is his best friend, you know, of sorts. He's a sociopath. But uh, anyway, I had at the end, there's this nice big kind of scene with the best friend, and I liked it a lot. I sent it off to the writing group. They liked it. I sent it to the editor, and he said, nope. This needs to be a reconciliation with the mother, not with the best friend. And the mother is not as interesting of a character, or wasn't at that time. I believe she is now, but he was totally right. And by changing that focus, the story is much more interesting. The main character is more interesting because right. one relationship that is more important is now getting more attention. It
2: goes back to the kill your darling sort of thing sometimes mm-hmm. with this. Which um, Anyway, let's, let's move on to another concept. Um, I know all three of us have done it. Let's talk about how we did it. Have you, when have you taken a side character and decided to make them a main character? How did you make that decision? Um, and were there challenges in it? Um, <laughs> and what happened? Now, I, you can't talk specifics, Stan, because I know you're doing it with your second book right now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I
1: can talk about the, uh, the infamous Vampire Bunny book that okay. we have mentioned so many times. Yes. Um, this was a historical I novel. i sure like to read it. <laughs>
2: You haven't even read my books. You can't no. read his unpublished I, you're ones right. <laughs> you are right. Yes, you
1: can. Um, <laughs> we just might have to post this entire book in liner notes at some point. <laughs> anyway, it is a historical novel in uh, which, because I'm a literary geek who loves romantic poetry, like John Keats is a main character in it. Jane Austen's in it. Mary Shelley is in it. Mary Shelley was intended to show up at one point in the middle in a graveyard scene and then leave. Right. However... She was so dang funny and so dang interesting. She just never left. Yeah, and she hung around with them for the rest of the book. And that's actually one of the problems with it is because she has no reason to, other than me as an author loved her so much I couldn't.
3: Dude, you're writing fan fiction. That's really what it was. You're writing Mary Shelley fanfic. (laughs) Mm.
1: Yep, that was my Mary Shelley Sue story.
2: Um, Yes. That was awful sorry brandon say uh, this quickly. i ha- I have a headache um okay i I did it in the miss books um and i w- I was kind of intending to from the beginning um for me when i when I'm starting a, a a sequel, I really like to look back at my cast of side characters and say who's really interesting among these characters? who can I bring out as a main character to add some more depth death depth <laughs> depth um that's actually why I brought Mary Shelley yeah, on add she added death. a lot more depth. Uh, <laughs> Headache's back. Um, <laughs> no. In order to, uh, to just expand, I think it makes the sequel feel bigger. Um, when people who you weren't paying a lot of attention to in the first book suddenly start to get viewpoints and become uh, deeper—that's what I have become, loved yeah.
3: about uh, Eric Flint's 1632 mm-hmm. series. Am I getting the date right? 1632. Uh, sure. You got a four-digit number. He writes number. numbers. Yeah. Um, the the first book had a bunch of interesting characters. had a uh, Had a villain who ends up being one of the heroes. In a later book right because his his villainous act in the first book was that uh, he didn't believe the heroes and what they were trying to do and in between that book and the next one he's kind of become converted and he's got some skills and mm-hmm. when you see him you think oh wow this this place has some depth it's not just black and white right. you can do a bad thing and and then make good on it and get your own book. Well, and I've mentioned before, but uh,
2: George R. R. Martin has a very interesting interaction with side characters in his books um, in that he doesn't really have side characters. He just has 700 viewpoint characters that are all <laughs> important, and it, he really does a lot of this, taking someone that through the beginning of the book you think is going to be nobody and by the end of the book they're a main character. Um, you you but you've done this differently in your own writing, Howard, because I've noticed several times that characters it's it's like you decide you know what I need to start giving some more depth to some of these. Elf is a good example character who mm-hmm. just suddenly um, well not suddenly it's 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 a growth but you've you've brought them
3: out and made them a main character. Have their own I story introduced about them. Elf originally because I wanted to make the gauntlet joke. Mm. Okay. Elf is about to die. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that and i got a lot of email from the joke i thought oh, that's fantastic that was mm-hmm. fun but in order to set that joke up i had to establish there's a grunt named elf and there is somebody with her who is going to say elf is about to die yeah and suddenly elf and hob this other guy they have a relationship and then I kill Hob. Well, what does that do to Elf? Well, and now she's interesting. She's conflicted. Mm-hmm. And I'm writing further, and she's still kind of a side character. And then we discover that she's been using the uh, uh, soldier boost drugs right. to, uh, to kind of cope with, cope with uh, grief. She's, she's become a drug addict. Well, now she's suddenly she's conflicted enough mm-hmm. and focal enough to be interesting. And yeah, I've given her her own story. It and mm-hmm. it's again
2: because of the ca- the conflict. Yeah. Yep. The conflict. You started giving a character conflict, and you couldn't help but write about them, which works really well for you because you've got this progressive sequential. In strip. a serial, yeah.
3: it, in an open-ended serial format. Yeah. You know, I'm not writing a trilogy. I'm mm-hmm. not writing a decalogy or yeah. a whatever. I'm I'm writing books about the same set of characters. It's yeah. more like Discworld, I think, than yeah. anything else. And Discworld is a great example of this, yeah. where you take characters who are side characters in one book and main characters in another. Yeah. And then, then side characters a in a later yeah. book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's wonderful, and if you can pull that off, yeah. you know you've done your side characters right.
2: I, have, I had to be very careful in the Mistborn books not to try and make everybody a main character because I knew I only had three books, and I pretty much sat down and said, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take maybe two or three side characters and make them into main characters in the second book and then they do the same thing in the third book, but there are some people who never get viewpoints, who are part of the crew, who are there all along that I, you know, part of me feels sad that they never got there day in the sun, day in the sun but I just couldn't. I didn't have the room. Um, but okay, any, any final words on side characters? Make them good. Okay, Um, Dan. But not too good. (laughs) Because of that comment, (laughs) you're you're going to have to give us a writing prompt right now. Come on. Writing prompt right now? Yeah. Okay, I want
1: you to uh, come up with one side character. Well, I guess first you're going to need a main character. Whatever you're already working on.
3: (laughs) (laughs) This is a novel. Write a novel. Write a novel. Add a side character.
1: Take, take whatever you're already working on. You think you've already got a main character, I hope. If you don't, then you're, list- you're jumping into the middle of podcasts you should already have listened to. Um, and Wait, then How I want can they to-
2: already have listened to the, this podcast? How can they jump in the middle of it if we haven't done it yet? Wow. <laughs> I think this running prompt really just crashed into the bus. Okay. Take a side character from the future, bring them back into the past, and write a story about them. Okay. This has been Writing Excuses. (laughs) If you can figure that out,
3: then... um, uh, (laughs) Thank you. Good night, kids. (laughs)